death. My mom brought me to practice one day. It was probably like the second or third practice tops. And I remember, as embarrassing as this might be, driving up in my car with my mom. My mom was driving. And we pulled up in front of the school, uh, uh, Lewis and Clark Junior High School in Billings, Montana. And I just lost it. I had an absolute meltdown right there in the car, screaming, crying. I, I did not want to get out of the car. I was scared to death to go back into that environment again. Now, you notice when I said my mom took me to practice because my dad and I, fellas, are you listening to me? My dad and I did not have a good relationship. At that time in my life, what I needed was for my dad to tell me it was going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're not going to die. <laughs> it might hurt a little bit but you're gonna be okay. My mom was a saint. And because my mom loved me and because she was my mom, we drove away from school that day. And it changed everything for me because I tried wrestling. Bought the wrestling shoes, bought everything that I needed, showed up to practice that day, and guess what I did? Scared to death, no confidence, absolutely frightened out of my mind. Guess what I did? I quit. I want you to hear me on this tonight. The hardest thing I ever did for the very first time was quit football. Second time got easier. And the third time got easier. And I'm always talking to you guys in your life about how you build habits and patterns in your life. As a student at your age, look at me. Man, listen to me, okay? What you're doing right now in your life, you will carry these habits over into your adult life. Amen, adults? You will, whatever habit you're creating right now, you will carry those over into your adult life. You know why I know that? Because I quit on my first marriage. Why? Because I knew how to quit. I didn't, know how to f I didn't know how to fight for things. Make sense? I just knew how to quit. And it was easy. Did you ever quit? There was a kid and in, in my, my stepson knew, his name was Kaiser. They, my stepson, him, played on say, uh, Twin Spruce's basketball team. This kid, couldn't, this kid could not spell basketball. He was so bad. And the, the coach never played him. And we, were, we lived right by Twin Spruce Junior High School. And Taylor came home one day, and he says, Kaiser's going to quit the team. And I said, no, he's not. And I knew Kaiser pretty well. And I, like you guys, I worked with students in those days. And I said, he's not quitting. Because I knew, you guys, I know. In my heart of hearts, I know what it's like to quit. And I went from my house on Ross Avenue, which is, it takes me less than probably two minutes to walk to Twin Spruce Junior High School. And I walked into that school and I found Kaiser that day. And I said, Kaiser, you listen to me. You're not quitting. You can't quit. I said, if you quit, it's going to be the biggest mistake you'll ever make in your life. Because once you quit one time, you'll quit again and you'll become that pattern, that habit. And I, I would say I was a quitter. I started things, I just quit them all the time. I'd begin, quit, begin, quit, begin, quit. So I talked Kaiser into staying on the team that day. And this was in the seventh grade. And as Kaiser grew and he got through high school, in his, I think I still got the letter home, his graduation, he wrote a letter to me. And that letter said, thank you for not letting me quit that day. He said, that was one of the biggest lessons I ever learned in my life was that when you came to that school that day and you told me not to quit, because he said, I'm so glad that I didn't give up. And he listened. Make sense? So tonight what I want to share with you guys is I want to go through this story with the Apostle Paul. And I want to give you guys just a few things to kind of chew on and think about as we go through this scripture. Because I think it's one of the things that the Apostle Paul uses um, 
sports a lot in, in his scripture, in his teaching. So he had to know about the Ispian games was what would they called the Olympics back then. He understood what the Greek Colosseums were like when the runners would run and they would keep their eyes focused on the prize. Because a runner in those days, a runner had to, a runner had to be a citizen of the community to compete in the games, okay? So Paul wrote about this, and when those guys would compete, what they would do, they would be in the Colosseum, but they would be running around a track. Paul uses this a lot, this analogy of staying in your own lane and keeping your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. Because everybody that would run in those days ran for a god, normally is what they would run for. So as they were running around the, as they were running around the arena, they kept their eyes focused the best they could as they're going around in circles. They kept their eyes fixed on the one they ran for. They kept their eyes fixed on the one they competed for. Whatever that was, whatever that false god or whatever that was, that person's whole desire was to compete for the glory of the one that they were, they were representing in the arena that day. Make sense? Think about these things tonight in your own life. How are you running? Are you staying in your own lane as a Christian? And as you run, are you keeping your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of your faith? Are you keeping your eyes fixed on the one you compete for? I got to go up to the Campbell County High School yesterday and I got to speak to, to the boys' soccer team yesterday afternoon, just shared a message with them. And it was along these lines of the same idea that who are you competing for? Who are you, are you competing for the glory of God in everything that you do every day in your life? And this, this, listen, this message is not just for students. I really believe this, what Paul teaches in here is something that us adults have to hang on to as well. I don't care how old or young you are, we, we stay in that lane and we keep our eyes fixed as we compete, no matter how far along the way we are. So when you look at this, everybody knows the book of Philippians is we're gonna be looking tonight, chapter three. We're gonna read verses 12 through 17, and I'm gonna give you a couple things that I think Paul gives us in this idea of competing as an athlete. And I like how he parallels a Christian, a Christian competition with a competition that they would run for in those days and what they would run as a prize for. So I wanna give you a couple things that hopefully will make some sense tonight that you guys can hang on to because we're getting, here's what, here's what I was really praying about. We're getting to the end of the year. Tonight and next week are gonna be the last two nights of this school year that we're gonna have regular messages. And by the way, on May 10th, invite your friends. We're gonna have, have a band come in from out. It's called, I think, the Lead Slingers or something. It's Casey Ehrman and his band. They're coming into play and do worship for us on May 10th, that one Wednesday, that final Wednesday night. But this week and next are it. And we're done for the year. And I kept thinking, what can I give you guys? What can I share with you guys that God would have me give you to cast you off? Some of you are seniors. You're never gonna be in this spot again. Do you understand that? You're never gonna be sitting in a youth group as a high school student after the next couple of weeks this year. So what can I give you guys to cast you into the summer? And this is what I wanna tell you. You never, never give up on your Christian walk. Do you ever stop? I had a couple sit in my office about three months ago. I was doing some premarital or some marriage counseling with them. They were in a horrible spot and they, they, they're doing extremely well. They're doing really good today. And they asked me, one of the last sessions we had, they said, well, what can we pay you? We wanna give you a gift. I said, you wanna give me a gift? Don't quit. You wanna do something for me? Out of all the years we spent in youth group, you wanna do something for me? Don't quit. Don't ever quit. 
That's the message that Paul is giving us in this scripture tonight. Don't you ever quit until you hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. So if you ever want to do anything for myself or any leader in this room, if you're thinking, man, you guys have given us so much and every week you're here and you've spoken into my life, you want to pay us back? Don't quit, ever. You hear me? Because it's not worth it. And once you quit, you'll keep quitting over and over and over again. And that's my message tonight as we read the scripture. I want you guys to think about that. I'm gonna give you some things that I believe Paul lays before us that we can hang on. So go ahead and turn to your bulletin. The scripture's on there tonight. It's uh, Philippians chapter three, verses 12 through 17. And this is called pressing toward the goal. I don't mean, this is the Apostle Paul, and we talked about the Philippian church earlier in the year. He's writing this, Paul's in prison. You guys know the story here. Paul's writing this letter from prison to the Philippians, okay? So tonight, we get to be the Philippians. I do not mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I have focus, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree at some point, I believe God will, God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. Verse 17, brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. I believe there's four things tonight that I wanna give you guys that I think will help you maybe hang on to the idea of never giving up, pressing in, and keep going exactly like the Apostle Paul says. And the first one is found in verse 12. Paul says, and this is the first point, is dealing with frustrations. I believe the Christian life brings a lot of joy and a lot of blessing to it. But being a Christian sometimes is very frustrating as well because we don't get to play like the world plays and even though we might want to and our desire may be to give up for a night and to take a break and to move into a party to go do certain things, there's frustrations at being with a Christian. So dealing with frustrations in verse 12 is the very first thing. Paul says, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things. What things? What he says in verse 10 of that same chapter, if you go back up to verse 10, it says this, Paul says this, for God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Paul's desire is I want to know Christ. He says, I have not achieved these things yet. I'm not to the end of my rope. I'm not there that I have already reached perfection. No, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Jesus Christ possessed me. That's this. Paul's experienced salvation, but Paul's not in heaven yet. Paul's whole goal is to honor God and make it to heaven, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you gotta realize, Paul saw, that the, saw, Paul saw the Christian life this way, like a competition, but it's ups and downs in competition. We don't always win. I'm not talking about falling into sin. I'm talking about we don't always find huge victories in the Christian life. Sometimes it's hard to walk with Christ. He gives me the grace to do it, but I gotta make, the hard part is making the choice to stay in my lane and walk with him. 
I gotta make that choice and by God's grace I get to do that because here's the deal, times of frustration will come. And why? Because you have a supernatural foe that is trying to trip you up. You have a supernatural foe that is telling you everything. Go ahead and give up. God's not really there. If he really loved you, would you be going through this? There's gonna be times in your life when it's gonna be frustrating to be a Christian and you're gonna have to make a choice to believe God. Well, if I, 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 I had this boyfriend and I really believed he was mine and I was gonna marry him, but now everything's wrong and I thought it was God's plan, but now it's not and everything's falling apart and you'll start to doubt God. That's the frustrating part. You have a supernatural foe. John 10, 10, the thief watched comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to steal, kill, and destroy your relationship. That's what he's up to and that's what he's trying to do. So that's where the frustration comes from, from the temptation he'll be before you. But if you're like Paul, you'll keep walking. Here's the deal though with Paul. When he says, I've not achieved it yet, Paul was not frustrated with Jesus Paul just didn't settle for in his life. Paul didn't get to the point, you guys, where he's like, okay, I can rest on my laurels now, doing pretty good. You guys ever been there? Doing pretty good, I'm gonna take a little break. Things are going well. I think I'm doing pretty good with God. I'm doing all right. I'm gonna kind of settle in, and then bam, all of a sudden you get hit, and you don't know what happened. My son told me one time, a long time ago, he got kind of frustrated with me one day, he's about 16, and he goes, don't you ever take a break? Don't you ever take a break? He's in the kitchen doing that. Don't you ever just take a break? I said, no. And my daughter echoed this thought. What are you going to take a break to? You want a break? You don't want to be a Christian tonight? What are you going to take a break to? The one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything you are in Christ? That's the only break you're going to get, people is if you walk away from this and you say, I just want to take a break, I want a night off, I want to relax a little bit, you better watch out because you're going to get yourself in trouble because you've taken your eyes off the prize and off of Christ and you turned to your own ways. Paul was very satisfied in his relationship with Jesus. Remember, he's content. But what Paul was not satisfied with, he never stopped walking and growing and pressing into these things of God. That's what Paul's trying to get across to him. And in competition, do you think athletes get to take a break? If you're an athlete in this room, how's that work for you when you take the summer off? <laughs> you get out of shape, don't you? And it makes it hard. So Paul's using this athletic example of you never get out of training. You're always in training because you're ready for the competition that way when it comes. And the other thing is this, there's self-inflicted wounds that we'll give ourselves, which I'll talk about in a second. But here's the other thing I want you guys to realize and I'll move on to the next couple of points. This is not our home. You guys realize that as Christians, this is not our home. And we should never be comfortable here. We should never be settled into the world. We can be in the world, but not of the world because this is not my home. At times, frustration will come by self-inflicted wounds when we blow it and we mess up. But another reason you'll be, you'll be frustrated in your walk with Christ is when you get to compare and across with other Christians. If I find myself comparing myself to other Christians, one of two things happen. I either pick someone who's not as strong in Christ as me and I'm going, well, at least I'm not as bad as them. I'm not as bad as that guy, so I must be doing okay as Christ. That's one thing that'll happen to me when I start comparing. And the other thing is I'll think I'm not worthy of it. I just will give up and quit. Because there's no way I'm gonna be as, as spiritual as Priscilla as you guys got to see her talk a couple weeks ago. Are you kidding me if I compare myself to that? I'm like, if I compare myself to Priscilla, I'm like, I got a lot of work to do. And I'll get discouraged and I get down and I end up giving up. 
You guys picking up what I'm laying down? So frustrations are gonna come. Expect them, but know how to respond to them when they do. And you know it's the devil trying to get you tripped up and you keep your eyes on Christ and don't you ever think that it's time for you to take a break. That's what Paul's point is, because if you do, you're gonna fall out of training. And as an athlete in Christ, we don't get to do that. Second point is this, learning to stay focused. It says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but, but I focus on one thing, forgetting what lies in the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Paul had a single-mindedness purpose in life. And it's in Philippians 1.21 where it says this. This is Paul's single-mindedness and one, one thing that he focused on. Philippians 1.21 says, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. <laughs> That's fairly convicting for me, sorry. But dying is even better than living for Christ because I'm finally at home with him. I've reached the goal. I've taken hold of the prize of eternal life in Christ Jesus. I want you guys to realize this idea of one thing. Paul did not allow himself to be distracted from Christ. He wouldn't allow himself. What distracts you? Think about your walk with Jesus. I know you guys love God. I know that. I, know, I believe that with all my heart. But what distracts you when that time comes? What is it that gets your eyes off the one thing in your life that you should be following? One thing is what Paul focused on, and that was the relationship with Jesus Christ. Success, success as a Christian doesn't come from doing many things. And I know you guys, I talk to you guys all the time about being too busy, right? There's too many things going on in your life. I'm gonna challenge you guys to really start to pray before you make decisions in your life. Pray whether God really wants you to do this or not. Slow down, adults are the same way. Pray about a job change. Pray about what classes you should take next school year. Take the time, now, I want you to remember this. Everybody look at me. If you're going to school next year, college or high school, do me a favor, will you? Next year before you make your schedule, pray and ask God what he wants you to be doing. Because that way in the midst of the falls of the school year, you can go, Lord, I know this is what you want me doing because I prayed about it and I know you'll help me. That's some of the things that we get to do. The secret to the spiritual progress for a believer is to concentrate on one thing and then strive to be a Christian of one thing. And that thing is Christ. Paul says, I forget what's in the past. You guys remember what happened? What was Paul before he became a Christian? He was a terrorist. He was persecuting the Christian church. You don't think that kind of haunted him? Listen, I know it did. You know why? I'm standing up here before you tonight as a pastor, and a youth pastor in a church. I remember who I was. I'm stunned that God even saved me. And I'm even more stunned that he lets me get to, he, he called me to do this. I could look back like Paul on what he used to be before the road to Damascus, and that could hinder my walk today, couldn't it? Oh, I remember what I used to be, trust me. And when Paul says I forget, it's not that he's failing to remember. What Paul is saying when he forgets from a biblical principle is this, he doesn't allow what he remembers to have power over him anymore. Hear me, you, listen. Forgetting biblically is not failing to remember, it's choosing not to let your past have power over you any longer. You hear me? Do you let your past have power over you? That's what Paul's getting at. I've forgotten what's in the past and I keep my eyes on what's before me and the future that Christ has for me now, not what I used to be. Because I used to be a scumbag, deep in sin man. And God rescued me, reached down and took me out of that pit and propped me back up, dusted me off as a believer and sent me on my way. 
And after developing me for probably 14 years, he says, okay, now you're ready. And he steered me a different direction. I remember, I don't fail to remember, I choose to forget. And that way it doesn't have power over me in the way I live today. Never underestimate also, never underestimate the power of changing one thing, you guys. Think about your life tonight. If you've got a bunch of things that you're worried about, never underestimate the power of changing one thing in your life because it'll help, it'll propel you in the direction of the cross. The third thing is this, is having fortitude. In other words, determination. Paul says, I press on to reach the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I press on is this. You ever watch somebody get to the finish line? They're in the final stretch in a sprint and they're going to the finish line or whether it's a marathon or whatever that looks like. That run around that corner, man, they're, they're pumping their arms and they're giving everything they got, aren't they? Can you see them? And they're running and they're running and they get close to that tape and what do they do? They let up, kind of stick their waist out a little bit, just sort of wander through the tape, don't they? No. You know what they look like? They're striving. Everything they have, they're pumping their arms and they're leaning into that tape, aren't they? Are you walking like that in your life as Christ, as Christians? Are you leaning into the tape as you cross the finish line? As you get ready and you go down that track and you stay in your lane and you're pumping your arms and you're working as hard as you can to, to be that athlete for the one that you love, are you striving that's what Paul says, I press on. And that's a present tense. That's a continual effort all the time to live in Christ. That's why we need his grace to do it. That's what he's getting at when he says he presses on. He's like a runner that's hitting the tape. This is not a sprint. It's a marathon. Christianity is a marathon. You're in it for the long haul. And you've got to keep training and you've got to keep going. So don't give up. Some of you guys heard me talk about when I ran a marathon years ago. Mile about 18, I hit the wall and I wanted to quit. Ooh, you picking up when I'm laying down? I wanted to quit, but now I'm a Christian and I don't quit anymore. And I remember calling my wife on the phone and going, Grace, you gotta come get me, I can't do this. I'm about mile 19 and I can barely walk. And I'm like, I can't do this anymore, you're gonna have to come get me. She said, okay, where are you at? And she said, I'll be there in a few minutes. And, I, and I, this is where you remember, but it doesn't have power over me anymore. I'm not the Dan I used to be. And I'm barely walking on this track and I just kept thinking to myself, I can't quit. Why? Because I looked into the future of the conversations I was gonna have to have and I thought, no, Lord, you can't let me quit. I've never wanted to quit anything so bad in my life. I was spiritually, physically, and mentally shot. All I wanted to do was curl up next to, on the side of the road and just cry like a little baby if I wanna be honest with you. I was done, but I did not quit. Why? Because I knew I had God there to help me finish the race. Called my wife back, I said, I don't care what, I told her, I said, I don't care what I tell you, I don't care how many times I call you, don't you dare come and get me. And it took me a while, but guess what? I crossed the finish line. That's what it's like to be a Christian, don't you ever quit, don't you ever give up, you keep going. Why? Because we will receive a prize when we get to heaven. We are going to be rewarded. We're all gonna stand before the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat of Christ, and we're gonna give an account on how we lived out this life as a Christian. And also, we're gonna receive rewards from God with how we've lived out our lives. But I don't talk much about rewards because I don't live for that, but I live knowing that someday I'm gonna stand before him and give an account of what I did in this life. I had a conversation with a student earlier today. I'm gonna stand before God and give an account for what I do with you guys. Because I believe that's what God's gonna do with me. And as you see it in scripture, Paul had an eternal perspective in the midst of temporal stuff. 
That's why he didn't quit because he had an eternal perspective. He had a heaven, heavenly temperament, a heavenly view in the midst of what he was going through here on earth. And the last thing is this. He says in verse 17, he says, let us, let all who are spiritually mature agree, but watch this, in verse 16, I wanna touch on this real quick, but we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. Pay close attention to me for just a second. What you're learning in this room all year long, people are gonna tell you is a lie, and they're gonna tell you it's not true. How you feel is what's true. There's no absolute truth in this world. How you feel is what's true to you and what's true to me. What you've achieved and the progress that you've made, you've got to hang on to it because the world's going to try to steal it from you. They're going to tell you all the stuff that the leaders and myself have told you guys is not true. It is true. There is an absolute truth, and it's not your truth. It's the truth of Scripture, the truth of who God says he is and what he'll do. We've got to hang on to the progress that we're making. Don't you dare give ground. When you look at battles and competition, people give their lives to gain ground. We don't want to give that ground up. Don't you dare let the devil have the ground back that you've made this school year. Come on. Don't you dare let him have that ground back by thinking, well, is it really true? It's true. I dare you to prove me wrong. You can't because it's true. And then he says to follow me. Follow, he says this. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after me and learn from those who follow my example. That's why all of us leaders are in this room. We want you to pattern your life after the way we live our life with Christ. Perfect, no, but a desire to live for him, absolutely. Turn to your groups, visit a little bit, and then we'll close up here in just a few minutes, you guys. Now listen, there's some principles that I want you guys to get from the story that we went through in scripture tonight. This guy would run around the field when nobody was looking, listen to me, when nobody was looking, he was running around his farm, a potato farmer, chasing sheep and cattle around. He would run around and that's how he herded his critters, was by his running. When no one was looking, he was in training. When no one was looking, he was paying attention and doing the right thing. You picking up what I'm laying down? When no one was looking, he was being a potato farmer that was chasing around his animals, which put him in condition when he was in public to perform. You hear me? What we do in private impacts the way we live publicly. Then it says he had a never die or never die attitude. That's what Paul's talking about. Have a never die attitude. And he did it because he wanted to. We live the Christian life because we have a never-die attitude, and he wanted to do that. Do you want to walk as a Christian? Because if you do, God will help you do it. And I love what they said, and you know how, you know how he beat him by two days, the record? From what I understand today when I was studying this story, normally runners would train this way, they would, and they would race the race this way. They would race for 18 hours and sleep for six hours. And they would race for 18 hours and sleep for six hours. Well, nobody ever told Cliff that. So he just ran for five days straight <laughs> and beat the record by two days. Listen to me. The world is going to tell you you can't do it. You can't live this way. It's okay if you do it the other way. You'll never make it. And the devil will tell you. He'll tell you anything he can to get you to believe that you can't do this Christian life thing. Don't believe him. You can finish this thing and you can do this the way God wants you to do it. And I love what he says when he's standing up there on the podium. He crosses the finish line and he's standing up there and they asked him, 
would you do it again? And he went, no. <laughs> Think with me for a second. Such a powerful thing. Paul kept his eyes on one thing. Cliff kept his eyes on one thing, and they both finished the race. And I believe we're gonna sound a lot like Cliff when we get to heaven. And we're standing before the Lord and we hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant, because we will all receive that reward as Christians when we make it to heaven. And if God asks you, would you like to go back to earth and do it again? I believe we're all gonna say, uh-uh, I don't want to. You understand the principles behind this story that line up with what we read about in scripture tonight? When nobody's watching, what are you doing? You're in training. And how you live privately is going to impact the way you represent Christ publicly. And the other thing is have a never die attitude. Do you ever give up? Do you ever stop? Don't you ever take a break, it's not worth it. And the other thing you gotta ask yourself is do you want to be a Christian? Do you want to honor God with the way you're living? Because if you do, that's what he did, he wanted to, so he did it. Don't listen to anybody, especially the devil when he tells you it's not worth it and it's not true and it'll never work and you can't do this thing. Do you ever believe that? Do you ever give up? Because you're gonna stand before God someday and so am I. And in, when we get to heaven, there's no way we'd come back down here. See, we think this is everything to us and it's not. Please live your life keeping your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of your faith, one thing. Because if we do that, our eyes are pointed to him, not on the earthly things. And when it seems so overwhelming and you're not gonna make it here and this seems like it's everything to you horizontally and the temporal stuff of life, please keep an eternal perspective because that's what the Apostle Paul did and that's why he crossed the finish line and heard the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I pray that this summer, as you go into the summer, you guys pick up these principles. It's gonna be frustrating. It will be at times, but keep your eyes focused on him and have fortitude, have some determination and follow those that are heading to heaven because if you wanna make it to heaven and you wanna walk as a Christian here, my encouragement to you is keep your eyes on your guide and your guide is Jesus Christ. And that's what every one of the leaders in this room would have you do. And they would say this, the Lord says, follow me. But every leader in this room would say, come on, follow me. I dare you, follow me. And it'll work out better for you than it will go in a different direction. Make sense? Let's pray. Father in heaven, you're good. And I'm so grateful, Lord, for the things that you've laid on my heart, the reminders that you've given me as I've prepared for this, what I shared with the kids and the adults tonight. I just pray, Lord, that you'd brand these things on our hearts. Help us, Lord, to know that when nobody's watching, what we do in private makes a difference in how we live publicly. There's gonna be frustrations in this Christian walk. We know that, but help us to never settle for, help us to never be satisfied with what we may have done in the past and the achievements we have. Just help us to keep moving forward. Yes, we'll be content, but help us to never be satisfied where we sit back on our laurels and take a break. We can't, because we have to know we have a supernatural foe that wants to destroy us. And Lord, help us to keep focused on you. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith. The one thing that matters the most. And then help us to have determination and fortitude to stay in the fight. This is something we've gotta cooperate with you on, Lord. You'll give us the grace to live this way. But help us to walk with you so that you can work through us on this side of heaven. And help us to follow you and follow others 
that are walking the way you would have them walk, to walk as a Christian, straight and steady and with you. Father, we love you with all of our hearts, and we look forward to the rewards we will receive one day, but we gotta realize we're gonna stand before your throne and give an account for how we live this life. So help us to keep an eternal perspective in the midst of the temporal stuffs in our li- stuff in our lives, Lord. <clears throat> Keeping our eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of our faith until we hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys, you are dismissed, everyone. Have a great night.